How often do you pray? How often do you pray to God? And how often do you listen to his word? Now, you just heard the word of God being proclaimed, you know, from from the Old Testament, the New Testament, from the gospel. But how often do you actually listen to him in the day-to-day affairs of your life? I'll let you in on a little secret. Well, actually, it's not a secret. It's a reality. He talks to us all the time in little whispers. Are you paying attention? That's why silence of the heart is necessary to hear the word of God. And if you're not paying attention and you're not listening, then he will pick up his theological Louisville slugger and knock you upside the head to get your attention. Believe me, it happens. It happens to me. So the answer to the question is, how often should we be praying? The answer is, always. If we are not in daily, I should say, constant prayer to him and listening to him, what kind of relationship do we have with him? Now, you probably heard me say this before. You know, you come here, you know, an hour on the weekend to meet your obligation, your Sunday obligation. Thank you. It's the most important thing we do all. It's the most important thing that we do all the time. But if you only have an hour a week with him and you're not being in constant communication with him and constant prayer with him, what's the relationship like? That has to be an ongoing dialogue with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because it strengthens the soul. For my Lenten discipline this year, I decided to deliberately read the entire diary of St. Faustina powerful book. St. Faustina writes in her diary in paragraph number 146, a soul arms itself by prayer for all kinds of combats. In whatever state the soul may be in, it ought to pray. A soul which is pure and beautiful must pray, or else it will lose its beauty. A soul which is striving after purity must pray, or else it will never attain it. A soul which is newly converted must pray, or else it will fall again. A sinful soul purged, plunged in sins must pray that it may rise again. There is no soul which is not bound to pray, for every single grace comes to the soul through prayer. So, in our prayer, our relationship with God grows. It grows stronger. And you will get the answers to the most oft question that we ask. Why? Or the more complex question, why me? I'll give you the answer, by the way. You may not like it. Because he loves you. Sometimes in our situations, you know, we can say, God, can you love me just a little bit less? We have to love him because he loves us that much.
That's why understanding the will of God is not easy. You know, I've, I, I've, I've told you this before. I'm going to tell it to you again. The key to happiness is conforming your life to God's will. But again, sometimes understanding his will and we ask the question why may not be easy. That's why this season of Lent affords us the opportunity to grow in relationship. You know, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Oh, by the way, we've got a lot of stuff going on here in the church. You know, pick up one of these guides. They're in the back of the church. It's got all the activities that are going on here, not only in our parish, but in the Collinwood cluster of parishes. I've got a special offer for you. I've got a special offer for you. This coming Wednesday, you'll want to meet Jesus face to face right there, okay? He'll look a little like me, okay? But why would you not want to hear the words of Jesus when he says, and I absolve you of your sins? What a beautiful thing to experience. And then when somebody asks you what you gave up for Lent, you can say, I gave up my sins. If I didn't tell you, if you haven't heard this before, write this down. Father Andrew says you don't have to give up chocolate for Lent. This is not on, by the way. You can still hear me, right? I got a big mouth, okay. (laughs) You have to pray. Ooh. You have to pray, you have to listen, you have to confess your sins. Trust me. And in the slogan of a famous athletic company, just do it. The Lord God establishes a covenant with Abram. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you. Abram went as the Lord had directed him. Abram, now Abraham, our father in faith, had a very close relationship with God, and he did as the Lord directed him. Was it easy for him? Remember, God had commanded Abram to offer his own son as a sacrifice. Biblical scholars call that a prefigurement, an action and events in the Old Testament points to the New Testament. And we can go, we can spend many a semester and many hours down at the Clubus talking about all these good things. But the prefigurement here is obvious. Abram's sacrifice of his son is the prefigurement of the father offering his son. Accepting the will of God in our lives is not easy. But again, like I told you before, when we conform our lives to to his will, we will be happy. Beloved, bear your share of hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. You know, he knows our earthly existence is difficult. That's why the Father sent the Son. The Son shows us the example of perfection of humanity. That's the perfection of humanity. 
and how to live our lives, cross included. The Son gave us the sacraments as the taste of divine life now in our earthly existence to prepare for the heavenly reality, the strength that comes from God. So the sacraments, all seven of them, are meant to help us on our earthly journey back to the Father. Do not try to fight the will of God. Last week, or this, this, this week, this, this just this past week, one of the readings, one of the, uh, one of the, the first reading from daily Mass was Jonah being, being sent to Nineveh and told, and told the Ninevites to repent, or in three days the city will be destroyed. Remember the preface to that story. You know, God says to Jonah, Jonah, go to Nineveh. And what does Jonah do? He goes in the opposite, goes in the opposite direction, you know? Storm hits, the, uh, storm hits the ship. He gets tossed overboard, gets swallowed up by a fish, and then a whale gets spewed out on the shores of Nineveh. He still ended up there. Would have been a lot easier for him if he just went there in the first place. So don't fight the will of God. Because that is when we'll start to falter and Satan will try to deceive us. Tell us lies, fill us with doubts. Then there is loss of hope. Despair. Despair is Satan's weapon. You know what the greatest sin of Judas was? The greatest sin of Judas was not that he betrayed Jesus. That wasn't his greatest sin. His greatest sin was that he fell into despair and took his own life. Imagine this. If Judas had come back to the foot of the cross and begged for forgiveness, there'd be a saint Judas today. Think about that. Don't give in to Satan. Don't give in to despair Strength and greatness comes from God and God alone. Still, we might not like what the Father wills for us. That's why we have to place ourselves in the garden with Jesus. Lord, if you are willing, take this cup away from me, but still, not my will, thy will be done. Jesus did his Father's will. Abram went as the Lord had directed him. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We pray this every day, multiple times a day, morning prayer, evening prayer, the rosary, the mass, the prayer he taught us. Are we going to do as he wills and as he directs? Well, we need to pray. We need to remove the obstacle that prevents his grace from strengthening us to do his will. And like I said, you know, Wednesday, be there, okay? 5 p.m., 5 to 8 p.m. Our catechism in number 568 teaches us Christ's transfiguration 
aims at strengthening the apostles' faith in anticipation of his passion. The ascent to the high mountain prepares for the ascent to Calvary. Christ, head of the church, manifests what his body contains and radiates in the sacraments, the hope of glory. Jesus gives us the strength to overcome obstacles in our lives. That is the power of the Holy Spirit, so that we can do great things in his name. That's why the Father is well pleased, and he tells us, listen to him.